What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mid-Season Awards Show on the Gridiron Authority Podcast. Mike, what awards are we giving out this time? Uh, we've got eight awards to give out tonight. we got the MVP, the Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Most Improved, Offensive Player of the Year, and Defensive Player of the Year. So we got a lot of awards to hand out. All right, let's get started. All right, let's get started on this one. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to go over each of the awards. We're each going to give our pick, and if we're you know if if we're unanimous on it, great. If not, that's fine too. So, let's start with offensive rookie of the year here. Who do you have as your offensive rookie of the year? Uh you know I'm going to go with a surprise pick. I think it's easy to go to look at Joe Burrow, look at uh, Justin Herbert in San Diego or Los Angeles. Sorry. Uh, or Clyde Edwards Hilaire in Kansas City, Justin Jefferson, Minnesota. Uh, those are all easy picks. I'm going with an unheralded, uh, unsexy pick. I'm going James Robinson of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, you're talking about an undrafted rookie um, coming out of Illinois State. Uh, he's got 481 yards rushing, four touchdowns. He's got 27 receptions, 225 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, stat for stat, I mean, he's he's playing better than Clyde Edwards Hilaire is. Uh, Edwards Alaire has more rushing yards only because he's played one more game. Uh, but James Robinson has over twice as many touchdowns as Edwards Alaire. Um, and then you look at the expectations, you know, Joe Burrow, he was the number one overall pick. Uh, Justin Herbert was what the sixth pick, I believe. Um, those are guys that should be playing well. You're talking about a guy that's playing on a bad team that was undrafted, you know, 250, 260 guys going ahead of him. Uh, you know, he's got really no one around. He's got Gardner Minshew handing off to him, which Gardner Minshew I do love. Um, but they really got no other weapons. They got no offensive line. They're a bad team. And this guy is still putting up amazing stats. Uh, he's on pace for over 1,000 yards rushing, on pace for over 500 yards receiving. Uh, it's looking, if he stays at the pace he's at, he's going to have 12 or 13 total touchdowns by the end of the year. Uh, so, again, this is a guy that has kind of come out of left field and put up as good, if not better, numbers than anyone else in the league in terms of a rookie goes. Um, so I'm going James Robinson. I'm going to go right on the nose here, and I'm going to pick Joe Burrow. And the reason being, if you look at Justin Herbert, he's got less yards. He's got more touchdowns, same interceptions. But when it comes down to me is you draft these young quarterbacks, um, and we've said this over the years, you don't expect them to be successful at all in their first year. Even people like Mahomes usually sit benefit from sitting for an entire year. Joe Burrow came in day one with a really bad team. I think in the last game they said something about four of his five offensive line are, are different than what they were at the start of the season. So this is uh, not a great team, whereas Justin Herbert came in to a team that was a playoff team last year. Granted, they have injuries as well, but uh, Joe Burrow, 2,200 yards, 11 touchdowns, five picks. He's taken a team that barely won any games last year, had the number one pick, and at the halfway point, they're 2-5-1. and one. So um, I don't want to say three wins, but it's three not losses, I guess you could say, whereas Justin Herbert, 1-5. Um, I do like you know picking a non-quarterback, but let's be honest, it's probably not going to happen. It's just the way that the NFL works for whatever reason. So I got Joe Burrow here. And I, I, I mean, I, I do like that pick. It's, I mean, again, I, I agree with you that Joe Burrow uh, or 
uh, Justin Herbert will probably win the award because that is how the NFL works. Um, but for me, it's based on expectations. And it's, you know, when you take an undrafted uh, rookie running back again, you know, I didn't even have these expectations for Clyde Edwards Alaire, and he was a first round running back. Uh, and you're getting the same value, if not more value, from a guy that didn't even get picked um, and that you're spending a fraction of the money on uh, and had a fraction of the expectations out of. Uh, so to, to me, that outweighs it. But I, I don't disagree. I do believe that Joe Burrow or, or Herbert, if they keep playing like they're playing, will probably win the the uh, offensive rookie of the year because that's just how it works in the NFL because you got to be a quarterback to win a major award. Well, and I think part of me hates that, obviously, but yeah, I, I get it too at the same time because when you look at awards like the MVP, the reason that the MVP is usually a quarterback is because it's most valuable player to your team. It's not who has the best stats. Um, yeah. And when you look at like Clyde Edwards Alaire, is he that valuable to the Chiefs? I mean, he he is valuable to the Chiefs, but they can win without him, you know? Yeah. Um can Joe can Cincinnati win without Joe Burrow right now? Does anyone even know who their backup is? Probably not. Um so it's one of those it's not an MVP award. It's offensive rookie, but at the same time, I think people are looking for how much the team benefits from having them. And the same thing with the running back from uh, from Robinson from Jacksonville. Yeah. So they're not they're not winning games, so it's not like he's uh, making that team a, a playoff caliber team or anything. So I think that's what it would take for somebody like a running back to not to knock off a quarterback, honestly, in one of these awards. Like if Clyde Edwards-Alaire came out and was running on pace for two thousand scrimmage yards and the Chiefs were winning football games because of him, he might actually be up there. But I think you're going to have to go with Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert here. All right. All right. Defensive Rookie of the Year. This one's going to be fun. There's a lot of good candidates out there. Who do you got? Uh, you know, I think the the a, a popular pick at the beginning of the season, I think a guy we both chose at the beginning of the season was Chase Young in Washington, who's having a good, a, a good season. Uh, I think he's on pace for – double-digit sacks. I don't think he's quite on pace to break the sack record for a rookie, but he's he's having a great season. Um, I won't take that away from him, but I'm going to go Antoine Winfield Jr. of uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, when you look at how bad this defense has really been the last few years, and then you look at the improvements they've made this year, they've won games because of the defense. They, won, they, they beat the Giants on Monday Night Football this past week because of Antoine Winfield Jr. He made the game-saving uh, pass deflection uh, at the end of that game on that two-point conversion. Uh, he's got 44 tackles, two sacks. He's got a forced fumble. He's got an interception. Uh, he plays up in the box. He can play pass coverage. Uh, I mean, the, the kid can do everything. To me, he's he's already probably a top-10 safety in the league right now. Uh, and, and not to take anything away from Chase Winfield – or, sorry, Chase Young. Um, but, you know, it kind of comes down to the winning aspect, too. Tampa Bay 6-2, and two, Washington's 2-5. and five. Uh, Tampa Bay has a plus 82 point differential. They're giving up 165 points this season. Um, that's among the best in the entire NFC. Uh, so, I mean, the, the defense is much improved, and a big part of that is because of Antoine, Antoine Winfield Jr. Absolutely. So when you hear this sound right here, that's because it's a unanimous pick. I've also got Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, Tampa Bay, if you look at it, they actually have one of the best defenses in uh, really modern history. They're saying um, the Ravens Super Bowl teams from a long time ago are on the same level that the Tampa Bay defense is. I think a lot of it goes to like Levante, David, and those guys, but Antoine Winfield Jr. is a big part of it is in his rookie year. Uh, and he seems to make a play every single game. And and like you said, the last game was huge. Yeah. I've got Chase Young at number two, and then I've also got Patrick Queen, which is a really 
interesting pick. He's cleaning up on tackles in the Ravens defense. He's got two yep. sacks, two forced fumbles. He's having a great season too, but um, yeah, I think Antoine Winfield's got it. Yep. All right. Offensive player of the year. Now this gets a little tricky. We talked about MVP being most valuable to your team. This is just straight up offensive player of the year. Who do you got? Uh, I'm I'm going Russell Wilson. Um, again, you look you look at what he's done so far. Seven games. He's got 2,100 yards passing, 26 touchdowns. He's got 260 yards rushing. Uh, I mean, he's he's among the league leaders in every statistical passing category. Uh, he does have six interceptions, which are a little worrisome. Uh, however, three of those came in one game. So he had one really bad game, but then the rest, you know, not, not anything crazy. Um, he's, he's been off into player player of the week numerous times this year. Uh, I mean, Tyler Lockett's having a career year, uh, DK Metcalf's having a career year. They're doing this without much of a consistent running game. The running, they've kind of had a bit of a running back carousel down there. Uh, and again, like I said, when you look at the, the total yardage and the amount of games, uh, I mean, Russell Russell Wilson is the top right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't have Russell Wilson here because I kind of went, and this is a, a, you know, it's probably not going to happen, but I went non-quarterback here just because I like to get somebody else involved. I'm going to go Derrick Henry right here. Um, the guy's had over 200 yards in a game. He's leading the league in rushing. And even though he's not carrying the team like we thought he might, Ryan Tannehill is playing well, he's still – the driving factor behind this team's success. Um, they're having a great season. He's having a great season. So I've got him up there. I've also got Alvin Kamara. I mean, uh, if anyone, I don't want to, I'm not trying to dog on Drew Brees, but Alvin Kamara bails Drew Brees out a ton. Catching passes out of the backfield, turning it into plays. He's having a great year too. So that's the guys up there, but I'm going to give it to Derek Henry. All right. Defensive player of the year. There's a lot of great candidates here. Who do you got? I mean, it, I wanted to make a sexy pick. I wanted to go out of left field, but you really can't on this. To me, you got to go Aaron Donald. Uh, I mean, the guy just changes the game in in every aspect. Um, he's got he leads the league in sacks from a defensive tackle position. He's got twenty six tackles. So you look at what he's on pace to do right now. I think he's on pace for over fifty tackles and eighteen or nineteen sacks right now. Um, you know, I know it's not the the sexy pick; it's the expected pick, but it's hard to go against that. I mean, even when you look at uh, when Alex Smith had that miraculous comeback earlier this year, uh, the part no one talked about is that Aaron Donald sacked him four times in that game. Uh, you know, I mean, Aaron Donald is just an unblockable monster, uh, and and you really have to change your entire blocking scheme for one man. You have to change your offensive scheme for one man. Uh, so even though I, I wanted to go with someone out of left field, like, you know, not necessarily out of left field, but just someone else like a Levante David or a TJ Watt, um, some guys like that, um, it, you just, in my mind, you can't pick anyone other than Aaron Donald. That's another unanimous pick. I'm also going Aaron Donald. Um, it just because like everything you said, basically nine sacks from a defensive tackle is ridiculous leading the league. And, just like you said, against uh, Alex Smith, four sacks in a game from a defensive tackle is insane. Yeah. And you basically just have to to scheme your offense away from him. And even then, double teaming doesn't work. The guy's a physical monster. Yep. So I've got him at number one. Miles Garrett was a close second for me. He's he's also got nine sacks. They're tied for the lead. But um, I just think from the defensive tackle position, it's more impressive than from the D end. Yeah, um, and also I had TJ Watt there, six and a half sacks, one interception. That Steelers defense is for real this year. They're looking fantastic. 
Yep. Um, and, and like you said, my emotional pick probably would be Levante David, but I know he will never get it. Yeah, I wanted to pick David, but but I, again, I I agree with you. He's, I mean, he would have to do something, even though he's having an unreal season right now. Uh, he'd have to up his game even more uh, than what he already has so far to to even have an opportunity for that award. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, the moment we've all been waiting for, MVP. Who do you got? Uh, you know, I'm sticking with my my offensive player of the year. I'm going Russell Wilson. Uh, you look at the Seahawks; they've only they've only lost one game. Uh, Russell Wilson again, over two thousand yards, twenty six touchdowns, six interceptions, uh, two hundred sixty yards rushing. Um, they've been been on a bit of a, a running back carousel again. Um, the the one game that they did lose, I you could say was his fault. He did throw three interceptions. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, he's just statistically, he's blowing everyone out of the water, uh, and win loss. I mean, his team only has one loss. Uh, I have Mahomes up there. I have Rogers up there. Uh, Mahomes has 21 touchdowns, one interceptions, got 2,300 yards passing, uh, has a couple rushing touchdowns. Um, and his team's only lost one game, but, um, I, at the moment, at least, I just I think Russell Wilson has the edge on him, and Rodgers I would probably put in third place. He's got right around two thousand yards passing, twenty touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, hasn't really done much running the ball. I think he's only got maybe fifty yards. Um, so I, I put him in the conversation, but Mahomes and Wilson are are one and two, and I have uh, Wilson number one at the moment. Yep, I also have Russell Wilson number one at the moment, but uh, I predicted. Pat Mahomes MVP beginning of the season. I still think he's going to get MVP by the end of the season because the other thing that people are kind of overlooking with Russell Wilson, which it's one of those things where it's kind of impressive, but at the same time it's not, he's only had two games that have even been over one score games. Like they, they are playing down to their opponents as well as up to their opponents. Um, And like you said, that the, the Minnesota game didn't play well through a pick the Arizona game through three picks lost. So, it's one of those he, – he's not blowing anyone out. He's playing super good, but I think by the end of the season, I don't know if it's going to hold. I don't know if he's going to keep doing that through the season. And Pat Mahomes, honestly, is having a phenomenal season himself. Uh, if he had just a couple more touchdowns, I don't think it'd even be a conversation. I think he'd be over Russell Wilson right now. 2,300 yards, 21 touchdowns, only one interception. Yep. Um, so I think Russell Wilson has it hands down right now, but I don't expect that to be the end of the season. I think Pat Mahomes is going to take it. Pat Mahomes also has more, or he has enough rushing yards. I think he's number one in scrimmage yards in the league right now. Yep. Okay. Comeback player of the year. This one's interesting. Who do you got? You know, I, I, I want to go with Alden Smith. Um, he's, he's having a phenomenal season. He's got 33 tackles. He's got five sacks. This is a guy that's been out of football for five years, went through, you know, kind of been to hell and back essentially. Uh, I mean, you're talking about that guy is on pace for 60 tackles and 10 sacks. Um, phenomenal season. Um, I think any other year he would probably be in the running, if not the the guaranteed winner. But uh, to me this year, I got to go Alex Smith simply because of what he's been through. Uh, I know he's really only played in one or two games. Um and hasn't really done much statistically, but just what he went through at his age, uh, it, it's hard to go against him. I mean, almost having his am- his leg amputated, almost dying at one point. You know, I think he had what twenty something surgeries. Uh, yeah. was was out of football himself for you know basically two years, uh, because of this injury. So uh, I am going to go with Alex Smith on this because because of of all of that stuff. Um, you know, the Alden Smith stuff was more self inflicted, and Alex Smith, 
you know, that was just a terrible injury that he came back from. So I got to go Alex Smith. Yeah, I'm going Alex Smith. And and the main reason you, I wouldn't go for Alvin Smith is I, I just don't think coming back from basically getting yourself kicked out of the league is – I mean, it's never, it wasn't a loss of talent. It wasn't an injury. He just couldn't stay out of trouble and got himself off the league. But he's having a great season. But Alex Smith, just the fact that he even stepped on the field to me gets him this award, let alone stepping on the field against Aaron Donald, taking four sacks when you almost had your leg amputated the year before and getting up and walking off the field. It's a, I, I follow the story closely because Alex Smith will always have a special place for me because he, he really, was a starting point of turning the Chiefs around from being the laughing stock of the league with Matt Castle and that, that whole Brody Croyle, all those guys. And he's the one that kind of brought some uh, continuity to the quarterback position with Andy Reid and and really handed the torch to Mahomes and got him a Super Bowl. So Alex Smith has a special place for me, but just the fact that looking at that story, he had the whole top half of his leg cut off at one point the images that they showed basically his calf was attached, but there was nothing on the top half of his leg, but bone. Yeah. And they completely had to rebuild it with fat from other places and muscle from other places in his body. So they basically had to rebuild his entire leg. And then he comes out and actually plays in a football game and takes four sacks from our defensive player of the year. That's amazing. And uh, congratulations, Alex Smith. Yeah, and I think he actually took six sacks total in that game, if I remember right. So, I mean, he, yeah, he, he, and he got up and he was smiling. I mean, and he was happy after the game. Um, he didn't complain, didn't have his head held down. I mean, his head was held up and he was proud of himself as he should be. So, uh, I mean, it, it's hard. You can't go against Alex Smith on this. No. And it's even funnier when you see Aaron Donald sacked him and then he was mic'd up on the sideline. He said, I think his leg's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he basically wore Aaron Donald as a, as a backpack. So it was a, it was a, it was a really cool site. It's actually kind of sad that there wasn't fans, you know, a ton of fans in the stadium that could cheer on. That would have been a huge ovation. Oh, seeing him come back. So uh, congratulations to him. To me, it's hands down Alex Smith. Yep. All right. Coach of the year. There's a lot of candidates here too. Who do you got? You know, I'm going to go, this is going to be a kind of a surprise pick. I think I'm going with Brian Flores in Miami. Uh, I mean, you, you look at what they've done and we talked about them at the beginning of the year, how we said they weren't going to be a good team. Uh, what we wanted to see out of them was progression. Uh, and they've not only progressed, but they're actually a playoff contender. Um, they're, they're second in their division. They've got a winning record. They're four and three. Uh, they've got a plus 58 point differential. Um, if you actually look, they've given up the fewest amount of points of anyone in the NFL this year. Um, they've only given up 130 points. Uh, we talked about how great that that uh, that Tampa Bay defense is. They've played one more game than Miami, but they've given up 35 more points than Miami. So Miami could literally go out and give up 35, 34 points this week, and they would still, you know, in eight games, would have given up less points than Tampa Bay. Uh, I mean, the, the defense has played unreal, honestly. Uh, they've kept them in games. The offense has had some really good games. They've shown great progression. Uh, and again, they're in a playoff contention and you think about, you think about all the young players that they have, all the new faces that they have on this team. And the fact that they don't have any superstars on this team, uh, they have a very good secondary. 
Um, they've got, you know, they've got some good players and they've got some high profile players, but they've got no one that has stood out as that, that one guy. They don't have that Patrick Mahomes, the Russell Wilson, the Aaron Donald. They don't have those guys. They just, they have a bunch of really good guys and a bunch of really young guys. Uh, and, and despite not having that one, that one superstar on their team, they've still put together a winning record. The defense has played great. The offense has played really well. Uh, so I got to go Brian Flores. I got to admit, Brian Flores was at the top of my list. The only reason I took him out of first place is because, to me, the questionable decision on Ryan Fitzpatrick, we don't know how it's going to turn out yet. Yeah, He could be a genius. Tua could come in and look amazing. He's played one game, didn't have a great game. They won. Yeah. Um, base, I'm not going to say in spite of Tua, but they didn't win because of Tua. Yeah. Um, so, to me, the jury's still out. I think if they kept Ryan Fitzpatrick in, I think that they actually could have easily won this division or got close because, you know, the Bills are struggling. It's going to be an interesting division at the end of the year. It's just, to me, I had to had to take him out of there because I'm not 100% certain. The thing I love about Brian Flores, though, last year I'm thinking, okay, this is a Steve Wilkes kind of thing where they're hiring a guy to come in with the worst team in the league, and they're basically going to tank, and then they're going to fire him and hire a college coach or whatever. Um, they were not good last year, but they ended up winning a few games with Ryan Fitzpatrick, which was pretty amazing. Yeah. And then all the draft turnaround that they had, all of a sudden they didn't fire him, and he's in great position right now. So he's definitely deserving to be in this conversation, and I like the pick. My pick, though, is Mike Tomlin. Um, last year they went 8-8. Eight and eight. Everyone's talking about, oh, you know, he's only good because of Ben Roethlisberger. I, the magic of the Steelers over the last decade started to fade out. and it, Everyone was basically dogging on Mike Tomlin. Well, this year they're already seven and zero, So they've almost matched last year's win total already. Um, and look at who they got rid of in the last couple of years. Le'Veon Bell's gone. Antonio Brown is gone. Juju Smith Schuster is not playing that well. Um, and they're still there. They're still there and they're undefeated. Best team in the NFL right now. And honestly, the Steelers team is terrifying right now. They are fantastic. So, just from a sheer year-to-year improvement, I think Mike Tomlin had a great rebound, and and for that matter, I've got him as number one. You know, I I wanted to pick Mike Tomlin, but the the big reason I didn't is because he they the the only thing the Steelers have done is they got healthy. Um, it it would be like the Cowboys if they turned it around next year. I honestly think it would be because they just got healthy. The Steelers they weren't bad last year, like you said, they were eight and eight. Um, but they were just devastated with injuries and really all they've done is just get healthy. And so you took an eight and eight team from last year and then gave them a healthy Ben Roethlisberger, gave them a healthy James Conner, you know, got a few other guys and you added guys like Claypool in there at wide receiver, um, who's having a phenomenal rookie season and should be in the conversation for offensive rookie of the year. So my, my thing is with the reason I chose Flores and I actually had Bruce Arians as number two, um, when you bring in, you know, we talked about all the people that Miami brought in, the free agents that they brought in, the draft, the draft picks that they brought in, uh, and then you think about the off season that we had or lack thereof. They didn't have all the the mini camps and the, you know, all that stuff and all the practice. So they had a shortened off season with a bunch of new faces, no superstars on their team, and they've managed a winning record. The Steelers, again, they just really got healthy. Um, and the biggest part was, was Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, you mentioned that people say, well, Mike Tomlin's only good because of Ben Roethlisberger. Well, I mean, he's kind of proven that point this year, honestly. You look at 
you know, one more win right now and they've matched their win total from last year. And it's because they have been Roethlisberger. So, um, you know, I, I, not to take anything away from Mike Tomlin, I think he's a phenomenal coach. Um, but like I said, I don't think he's really doing anything different. I don't think he's improved anything. I think they simply just got healthy and it's, it's showing the results of that. See, I, I somewhat agree with that, but then at the same time, look at the talent they've lost over the last few years with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, but also Ryan Shazier. They've lost a lot of yeah. talent on that team, and they built it back up. Yeah, and, for sure. And they're they're really good. And honestly, I don't know if it was so much Ben Roethlisberger missing last year as it was their backup being Mason Rudolph. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they drafted a quarterback instead of Ben Roethlisberger, I think they'd still be successful because that defense is so good. Yeah. Um, so to me, being able to withstand losing all that talent when everyone thought, oh, God, Steelers are done. You know, they lost Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. That offense is done, and, and they're yeah. doing fine. And then looked at Ryan Shazier with his tragic uh, injury, having a career-ending yeah. injury, and and they're fine. You know, they've done a good job, whether it's the front office or him or a combination of both. They always do a good job at being relevant. And, and honestly, yeah. if you look at teams, it's hard to be relevant for a decade in football with the salary cap and the way things are, it's really hard to do that. So just the fact that they're staying relevant is impressive to me. And yeah, yeah, I I agree that there is a lot of just getting healthy, but at the same time, being able to survive the impact of losing all those things is impressive. And the other thing I want to say is the reason I disqualified Bruce Arians whatsoever wasn't even on my list is because let me say two words, Adam Gase. When you sign a veteran quarterback, who's already a surefire hall of famer, and then his presence being there gets all the free agents to come in with you. That's not being a good coach. That's being lucky. Adam Gase did the exact same thing in Denver. Peyton Manning came in. You know, Wes Welker came in. All these guys came in. Peyton Manning did phenomenal. Adam Gase looks like a genius, and he's one of the worst coaches, if not the worst coach I've seen in a long time. Not saying Bruce Arians is, but I don't give Bruce Arians the credit for this turnaround this year of being so dominant more than I give Tom Brady just picking that team. I think if Tom Brady picks the Jacksonville Jaguars, we're sitting here talking about their head coach being in in the running here. Yeah. So that's, to me, I, I think when you get that guy that – because let's be honest, this is Tom Brady's offense. Tom Brady yeah. literally brought Antonio Brown in now, and he's brought in just players all over the place, offensive tackles, defensive players. Everyone wants to play with him. We got Gronkowski in there. I think that's less the head coach and more just Tom Brady being there. So, but I you will know, give you, I do like Brian Flores. You know, the reason I had Arians up there is, is, uh, you know, I'll give you that Tom signing Tom Brady, obviously is going to, going to give you some, some sway and it's going to bring in some guys and I'll, I'll, I'll give you that one, but they, you know, Arians also drafted Winfield. He also drafted Tristan Worfs in the, in the first round to protect Tom Brady and, and Worfs, honestly, if, if they would give it to an off a rookie of the year to an offensive lineman, Worfs would be up there. Um, and then he, you know, look at, look at some of the, I mean, he still had to, with all these new faces, kind of like the Flores thing with all these new faces, uh, and really not much of an off season, he still had to get him in, in sync and in rhythm, and, and still had to put up with that. The world, is, you know, or the sky is falling after that week one loss. Uh, and all they've done is go, you know, six and two this season. Um, and they have, again, they have a plus 82 point differential, which I think is second in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember, right. I think only the Chiefs have a higher point differential. Um, so it's, it's, you know, obviously the Tom Brady stuff helps. That's why I didn't give him the win. Um, is because he did get Tom Brady, yeah. which brought in Gronkowski, which brought in Fournette, which brought in Antonio Brown. Um, 
that's the reason I didn't give him the win, but he still has to mesh all those personalities together. We, you know, speaking of Mike Tomlin, we see that, you know, look how he meshed with those personalities, you know, uh, Le'Veon Bell become volatile, Antonio Brown volatile, you know, and those aren't the only guys they've had several guys like that, uh, under Mike Tomlin. So Mike, you know, there was that, that, uh, you know, kind of contain or that poison atmosphere in, uh, that poison locker room in, in Pittsburgh. Um, and so far we haven't seen that in, in Tampa Bay. So, I mean, he still has to, he still has to organize everything. He still has to bring everything together and make it click, which is why I had him on my list. I, but I did give it yeah. to Flores simply because Tom Brady is partly responsible for that turnaround, obviously. So, and, and um, I will say if, if they have Jameis Winston, they're two and six right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, to be, yeah. it's honestly, it. they're not six and two, even remotely close to that. They they're at best two and six. Yeah, probably. because even with the defense that they have right now, they're still having to win close games, and those close games wouldn't have been won by. I mean, Tom Brady is the guy that wins close games. It's just what he does. Yeah. So it looks good on paper, but you switch that quarterback to the one that they had last year, and and they're two and six at best. Yeah. All right, coach of the year is done. So let's look at most improved player of the year, and this is a this is a very vague category. So I'm excited to see who you got. Uh, you know, I'm going again, I think this may be an obvious pick, but I'm going with Josh Allen. Um, you look at what he's done so far, uh, 20, almost 2,200 yards passing. He's got 16 touchdowns to five interceptions. Uh, he's completing 67% of his passes. He's got 85, uh, an 85, sorry, 80.5 QBR. Uh, you compare that to last year. Uh, he only threw for 3,100 yards last year, 20 touchdowns to, to nine interceptions, uh, 58% per, uh, percent completion percentage, and a 49 QBR. Uh, so when you look at that, you know, and I know he had the game, I think it was against the Chiefs uh, that Troy Aikman and Joe Buck called, and, and Troy Aikman was kind of making comments about you're either accurate or you're not. Uh, he wasn't accurate in that game, but that's literally the only game he hasn't been accurate in that's the only game this season that he completed less than 60 percent of his passes uh he's among the league leader in in uh completion percentage you look at his rookie year he completed 52 percent of his passes his or 50 percent of his passes i think his second year is 58.8 this year it's 67.1 so he's getting more accurate as time goes on uh the bills are winning games the offense is becoming more efficient he's becoming more confident um and so to me, I, to me, I think he's an obvious choice for, for most improved. Yeah, he was, he was definitely up towards the top of the list, but I've got one. I dug way down into the bag here. This is going to be interesting here. I've made fun of this guy for years with the New York jets. I'm picking Robbie Anderson wide receiver with the Panthers. So when he was with the jets, I think you and I both commented on it. Like, you know, when he was their number one receiver, he'd be number three on any other team. Right. And then they traded him away right now in he's third in receiving yards right now, but his total, his best season ever was never over a thousand yards. Last year he had 779 total yards this year at mid season. He's almost got 700 yards already. So he's almost beat last year and he's not even playing on a good team. I mean, he's playing on the Panthers with a, a first year head coach with a new quarterback and this yeah. guy and the reason I nobody even knows who he is, honestly, but the reason I do is because he's on my fantasy team and he's been a stud. Uh, when you're looking at, he's on pace for almost 1,400 yards this year, which is a huge improvement over you know 700. It's literally almost double production. Yeah. So I'm going him. It's not the sexy choice. It's kind of an unknown choice, but it's impressive nonetheless to me. 
I, you know, I, Anderson was a guy I actually looked at, and the reason I didn't pick him was because of his touchdowns, because I think he's yeah. only got one touchdown. He does only uh, have one. And, and to me, there was there was a comment. Uh, I think I think it was Terrell Owens or maybe Randy Moss made. I mean, this was years and years ago, um, commenting on Keyshawn Johnson having you know a great you know all these catches and all these yards, and didn't record a single touchdown. And they basically said, if you're a number one touchdown or a number one receiver, you know you damn sure can't go with only getting zero touchdowns or one or two touchdowns. Uh, I, I I think if he had the yards he had and he had you know four or five six touchdowns, I probably would give it to him. Um, but as a number one receiver, um, or if that's what they're going to call him as a number one receiver, then, then you need to have more than one touchdown. And that's, that's the reason I didn't give it to him. I think he is having a great season and we have, you know, we've been a little hard on him by calling him a number three receiver in the past, which that's what he was. Um, now he's, he's elevating, um, to a potential number one, but I think for him to get to that, he definitely has to get more, more passing touch or more receiving touchdowns. Sorry. Um, and once he does that, then yeah, absolutely. And I do think that that will – and the reason I did pick him, I did see his one touchdown. But honestly, once Christian McCaffrey went out, it's been harder and harder and harder for them to score. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it, their offense just isn't very good. Yeah. I think when Christian McCaffrey comes back, hopefully not this week, but when he comes back, um, they're going to be opening the the receiving game more. And when you look at his yards per reception, he's averaging, I mean, over probably 15 yards a reception. Yeah. So he's he's doing everything but getting in the end zone and and I don't know which part of that is is the quarterback or the offense or what the deal is. So I don't think he's a a real burner like a Tyreek Hill. So I think he's more of a possession guy. It looks like he's uh you know here's his receptions. He's got basically almost eight receptions a game all year. So yeah, he's getting catches and getting open and he's just not getting the touchdowns. And I think that'll change once we get. Uh, good old Christian McCaffrey back, just not this week. Yeah, I, I and and again, I think that is a good pick. I I also would have thrown um, guys like Ryan Tannehill up there. Um, uh, you could almost put in in that most improved. The only reason I didn't qualify him for it is because he did have a great second half of the season last year and a great playoff. He actually run. won this award last year. Yeah, like, not for us. I think he actually won. Yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, and and again, and and he he did, um, but I think he could still be nominated this year because he's taking you know even winning it last year, everyone joked around that that uh, you know he basically just handed off to Derrick Henry this year. I mean, they're winning games because of him. He's had three, four touchdowns in, in several games this year, so um, I would still consider him for the award um, had it not been for the fact that you know he did win it last year. But I think he could still realistically be in the running for it. Absolutely. All right. So that wraps up our awards. Now let's go into our projections for each division. Um, we gave our projections at the beginning of the year. Now we're going to update them since the injuries and, and COVID and all this crazy stuff has happened. Let's start with the AFC East. Right now, the Bills are six and two, Dolphins are four and three, Patriots are two and five, and the Jets are 0 and eight. Who do you see winning this division? I'm going with the Bills on this one. Um, the Patriots just look bad right now. Um, they look out of sync right now. The Jets, we know, are a bad team. Uh, the Dolphins, I did pick Brian Flores as my coach of the year. I love what they're doing, but there is still some uncertainty with with uh, Tua out there at quarterback. Uh, we don't really know what to expect from him at this point, only being one game. So with that being said, I am going to pick the Buffalo Bills to maintain their lead and to, to win the division. So here's what's crazy. Had the Dolphins kept Ryan Fitzpatrick, I honestly would have picked them because – 
despite their offense right now, they're blowing people out, including the 49ers. They're just absolutely dominating. The Rams, they're beating good teams and not by one score. And when you look at the Bills, they got handled by the Chiefs. They actually only beat the Jets by one score. Um, so I think getting rid of Fitzpatrick and putting in Tua is such an unknown that I can't pick them. So I'm going to go with the Bills. It's definitely not going to be the Patriots. They look like garbage. And obviously it's not going to be the Jets because I don't think they're going to win a game this year. So I'm going <laughs> to the Bills as well. All right. All right, let's take a look at the AFC North. This is an interesting division. We got the Steelers at 7-0, and the Ravens at 5-2, and the Browns at 5-3, and and the Bengals at 2-5-1. and Who do you got? Three teams above 500. Uh, I'm going. I'm going with the Steelers on this one. Number one because they already have a two game lead in the division. Uh, they've already got a win over all these teams. Uh, they, I mean, they they kind of handed it to the Ravens this past week. I, I know it was a close game, um, but the Steelers controlled that game. I I felt like. Um, I mean, it, to me, I think Baltimore is going to make a run at it. Cleveland without Odell Beckham Jr., I think they're done. Um, Mayfield just can't make enough plays. Uh, maybe if they if they keep handing it off forty times a game, they could possibly make a run. But uh, you know, to to me, I think it's Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm gonna go Pittsburgh too. Only because I mean, I've said this many times, and I'm sure it's unpopular, but Lamar Jackson's just not a quarterback. The only reason he gets a lot of passes open is because everyone's afraid of his running. And the same thing, the only reason he runs good is because people are, you know, he has to pass. He's It's like the option. You got to pick the option play every time you play him. But you saw that game against the Steelers. He needed to drive down the field and throw a touchdown to win. And what did they do? They ran every single play all the way down the field and then couldn't complete a pass to win it and lost. Yep. Uh, until you have a quarterback that can, in a two-minute drill, drive down the field with passes and get it out of bounds. I mean, they're in a two minute drill and they're running the football because that's just what they, that's all they can do yeah. is run it. And, and you see on the, and they also lean too much on him. And you see this with Cam Newton too. What is it? It's like third and goal. And what do they do? A quarterback draw. It's like, you yeah. know, you have other, you have other players on your team until they get less one dimensional. I can't see them going that far. The Steelers, I think you're going to easily win this. All right. The two teams that the Ravens played, Chiefs and the and the Steelers, that are real real competition. In the AFC have been blowouts on both of them, really. Is it you know the Ravens Steelers game? I wouldn't call it a blowout because they were in position to win, but at the same time, I was never concerned that they were going to win that game. Yeah, I mean they were outscored twenty one to seven in the second half. So, right. so I'm going Steelers for sure. All right, all right. This one is probably the I, I won't want to say most interesting, but. Titans have had some good games. They've struggled. The Colts have had some good games. They've also struggled. Both those teams are five and two. Texans are one and six. Jags are one and six. Who wins the South? You know, I'm going with the Colts, honestly. Um, when you look at that defense, uh, we, we talked about uh, the, the, the Dolphins defense giving up the, the fewest amount of points in the league. Uh, the Colts have actually given up the third fewest amount of points in the league. Um, they've given up almost 50 points less than the Titans, and they've only scored 10 less points than the Titans. Uh, they have the same record. They're 5-2. and two. I know that they've both had really good games. They've both had really bad games. Um, but at, at the moment, um, I mean, the offenses are basically even, but the Colts defense is, is significantly better. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Colts for that reason. I'm actually going to go Titans here, and, and I've, I've echoed it all year. Philip Rivers had a great game last game, but as we've seen in years past, Philip Rivers isn't going to be that guy that um, wins you a lot of games down the, down the stretch. You're, he can lose you just as easily as he can win you a game. 
So I, I feel like the offensive weapons on the Titans with Derrick Henry, uh, I mean, the Colts are still having a running back carousel, trying to get Jonathan Taylor going. I, I like I like the Titans. I'm going to go Titans. Defense is obviously Colts better, but I, I'm going to go Titans here. All right. All right, AFC West, Chiefs 7 and 1, Raiders who beat the Chiefs 4 and 3, Broncos 3 and 4, Chargers 2 and 5. Who do you got? Surprise pick, Chargers win this one. Blowout. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, and we're done here tonight. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I mean, Chiefs are 7 and 1. They've got the biggest point differential in the NFL. Offense looks great, defense looks great. They've had a couple games where they struggled a little bit, but overall, um they're still playing extremely well. Um, the Raiders, I think, are having a really great season. Uh, if they can get the the offense to be a little more, uh, a, a little more just balanced, uh, and the defense to play more consistent, uh, I, I think they have a really great shot of making the playoffs. Uh, Denver had a phenomenal comeback this last week, but they're just they have so many injuries, and there's still some questions about Drew Luck. I know he had uh, Drew Lock. Sorry, I know he had a uh, a great game this past week, but there's still some questions there, and they're just just ravaged by injuries and and uh you know the chargers would be in it if they could hold a, a lead but i think they're kind of turning into the new falcons right now i think what is it four straight games with 16 yep. point leads that they blew yep. um so if they can hold a lead uh on it honestly the the chargers will you know they they could have six wins right now um uh, they could be what six and one mm-hmm. um at the moment so it, it, if they could hold a lead uh, so I think the Chargers are a dangerous team. They're not going to be an easy win for anybody, uh, and this is a tough division. But the Chiefs, they already have a, a three-game lead essentially, um, and I, I'm just I'm sticking with them. I mean, they're the reigning Super Bowl champions. They've won the division how many years in a row now? So uh, I don't see that changing. Yeah, and the other thing is, and I'm obviously picking the Chiefs here. Um, the Chiefs had one of the toughest opening first half schedules. Honestly, they had um, the Ravens. They played well. Everyone thought the Patriots are going to be good. They played all these good teams. They have the easiest schedule remaining in the entire NFL. So they're seven and one through the toughest part of their schedule, and now they have eight upcoming games that are their easiest games of the year. So um, I expect this team to honestly be probably twelve and four, even better. I mean, maybe even thirteen and three. The hardest game that they're the only game that they're. I don't even want to say because they're actually favored against the Bucks, but. They're only favored at like a 55% win chance as opposed to, you know, 60, 70% on all their other games. So the Bucks are the only game that they're saying could be close. Obviously, I think they're going to drop a couple because you saw what happened against the Raiders. Sometimes the defense just falls asleep and they lose a game. So I'm going Chiefs here, and I, and I think they end up winning probably 12, 13 games. Okay. All right, let's go ahead and get started with this one. I know you're excited about this. NFC East. Philadelphia Eagles lead at three, four, and one. Washington football team at two and five. Cowboys at two and six, and then the Giants at one and seven. Who's going to win this sucker? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go at, at this point. I'm going to play the long game, and I'm going to go that the Cowboys. I, I honestly hope the Cowboys lose the rest of their games and just get a really great draft pick because I do believe the part of the reason they've been bad this year is because their injuries. Um, they've obviously had some other issues, um, but for. for you know, I'm willing to sacrifice this season because it is lost at this point. Um, they've got they're gonna have their fourth starting quarterback in the last four or five games um, with Garrett Gilbert this upcoming week. So, and they're playing the Steelers, who are the only undefeated team in the league. Um, <clears throat> so, I'm going. I'm going with the Eagles to win this one. Um, I think the Eagles still only win seven or eight games, honestly. 
Uh, I don't think they're a good team, but they just play in a really bad division. So um, I'm going with the Eagles to win it. And again, I, I do hope the Cowboys just, you know, if they lose the rest of their games this year, I'm okay with that because they're going to end up with some some really great draft picks um, to go with, you know, some returning talent from, you know, this year that just hasn't really got to play much. So so this, this is definitely the hardest division to pick because Carson Wentz looked like garbage against the Cowboys. Yeah, and we're talking about a Cowboys defense who's been hemorrhaging points all year. It's not like yep. they're a stud defense playing against a quarterback who definitely looked like a deer in the headlights. He, you know, obviously, what do you expect? Ben DiNucci just he didn't have any experience. So, yeah, uh, the reason the Eagles won that game, otherwise, they're looking at two five and one. If that's probably against any other team but the Cowboys. Um. So how do you? How it's hard to pick them because. <laughs> but then you look at Washington football teams, like who do they got? So um, I actually think this one's still way up in the air, but I got to go Eagles just because uh, honestly, I don't even know. I just got to go Eagles because that's the only thing I can think of. I don't think yeah. the Cowboys are going to do it without a quarterback and uh, in their defense playing the way they are and their offensive line all banged up. I don't think Washington can do it without with Kyle Allen at quarterback. And obviously the giants, they, they, can look good and i thought that they had a chance to win against the bucks um it wouldn't surprise me at all if the giants actually sneak up from behind here and take this uh daniel jones i think right now of all the starting quarterbacks is the best quarterback in the division so it's it's going to be very interesting to see how this goes but i'm going to pick the eagles just based on their record right now i guess all right all right how about the North? We got the Packers at five and two, the Bears at five and three, Lions at three and four, and the Vikings at two and five. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go. I know I picked the Bears at the beginning of the year, but I'm gonna go with the Packers only because of that uncertainty on the Bears offense. Um, I know that they made the change to Nick Foles at quarterback. Um, but Matt Nagy's play calling honestly has just been bad. Um, it's been really inconsistent. Um and they they do have I mean they've got a negative point differential right now they're they're actually giving up more points than they're scoring so they are five and three but they're not a good five and three. Uh, Green Bay for the most part has looked really good. Uh, they've got a plus thirty point uh, point differential. Aaron Rodgers looks like Aaron Rodgers from five six years ago, um, despite not having any legitimate receivers on their team besides Devontae Adams. Uh, the receiving core looks great. They've got, you know, Aaron Jones is running the ball well when he's been healthy. When he's been out the last couple games, Jamal Williams has looked good. Uh, so I, I, I'm going with the Packers on this one. Um, the the Lions, I think, have made, you know, they've they've been a fun team to watch. But uh, now there's a op- possibility that Matt Stafford misses this next game and they've got a losing record. I don't think they have enough in them. Uh, and the Vikings have honestly just kind of been a shit show this year. So they're definitely not going to win. So this division is also a weird one because the Packers have looked like you know one of the best teams in the league, and they've also looked really bad in a couple of games. Um, allowing four first-half rushing touchdowns last week didn't help. So uh, obviously the Packers, to me, are going to win this because the Bears are probably the worst 5-3 and three team I've seen. It looks painful for them to score points. Uh, their offense is just bad. Their defense is good. I don't think that's sustainable. I think the Packers win this, but I, and I honestly – I don't even know that the Bears are going to squeak into the playoffs here, so it's going to be close. All right, all right. The South, we got the Bucks at six and two, the Saints at five and two on a four-game win streak, the Panthers three and five, and the Falcons at two and six. Who you got? I'm going with the Buccaneers on this. I know that they have the rematch with the Saints coming up that will decide a lot because if the Saints win, they essentially have a you know they essentially have a game or two game lead on 
on uh, the Buccaneers at that point, even though they'll have the same record um, roughly. Um, but that'll be two wins over the Bucks. But with how the Bucks are playing, again, um, there's, I think they've scored the second or third most points in the league this year. I think they're just behind Kansas City. Um, the defense looks phenomenal. Uh, they're playing good football. They're running the ball well. They're throwing the ball well. And, and by the way, they just added Antonio Brown. Um, who may not make a big impact the first few weeks, but give it a couple weeks, and you know he's going to be a huge addition to that team, I think. Uh, and Chris Godwin really hasn't even played this year. Um, I mean, he's barely been on the field this year, and they're still putting up all these numbers. So now they're you know really getting Godwin healthy. They're adding Antonio Brown. Rob Gronkowski is starting to find his rhythm. He's got a couple touchdowns in the last few games. Uh, so this, I mean this this team is scary, honestly. So I'm, I'm picking them. I think it's going to be close. Honestly, we knew the Saints, they're known for kind of struggling out of the gate. They're on a four-game win streak, but two of those games includes overtime. So it's not like they're blowing anyone out lately. But they haven't had Michael Thomas available very much um, yeah. through some you know off-the-field stuff and, and injury. I think if they get him back, it's going to be really close towards the end, especially because they got the tiebreaker right now until that that game. They're only half game back. But I'm going to go the Bucks here just because I think the defense, honestly, is is too good. And and honestly, when you're looking at the way that the Saints play, dumping it off to Alvin Kamara, I think that's a perfect way for Levante David to stop him because he's one of the fastest linebackers there is. So, yeah, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Bucks. Okay. All right, the West. This is this is one of the more fun ones to watch. So we got the Seahawks at six and one, the Cardinals at five and two, the Rams at five and three, and the 49ers at four and four. Sadly, the Super Bowl champ or Super Bowl champ, sorry, Super Bowl loser 49ers. Um, they almost look out of it at this point because Jimmy Garoppolo is out for several weeks. Uh, George Kittle's probably out for the rest of the season. Nick Bosa is gone. So who do you got winning this one? Uh, you know, I'm going to go the the Seahawks. I know the Cardinals beat him a couple weeks ago, uh, but the Seahawks still have six wins. Um, they still have the experience. They still have Russell Wilson. They still got Pete Carroll as their coach. They added Carlos Dunlop uh, around the trade deadline. Uh, they've got some guys coming back healthy. Chris Carson starting to get healthy again. Um, which will solve some of the running back issues that they've had. Um, so I am going with them, but this is a really tough division. It's actually the only division in football where everyone, every single team in this division, 49ers included, have scored more points than they've given up. Um, every single one has a positive point differential. And they're uh, all 500 better. Yeah, yeah, true. And uh, I think that's going to change for the 49ers, obviously. With uh, Garoppolo, it looks like he's going to be out, what, like four to six weeks? Um but George Kittle, or sorry, yeah, Kittle's going to be out. Um, they're, they're having some running back issues. They just added some guys to the COVID-19 reserve list. Uh, so I do think they're about to have a, a big fall off. Um, but despite that, the Rams are still going to be a good team. I think they're going to be in the playoffs. The Cardinals have been a really great team this year. Um, big surprise team, honestly. I would even put Kingsbury up there for coach of the year. Um uh, I think they're going to make the playoffs. And then the Seahawks, again, I mean, they're, they got Pete Carroll as their coach. They've got Russell Wilson at a quarterback that DK Metcalf's looking great. Tyler Lockett's looking great. They added Carlos Dunlop. Uh, so I am picking them to win this division. So it sounds like you're saying three teams to the playoffs from the West, right? I, I believe so. Yeah. That's interesting. So you're, it, I would probably put the saints in over maybe the Rams, but yeah, that's interesting. Three teams from the West would be interesting. Yep. Okay. How about the AFC? Who do you got in the wild card spots there? Oh man. Um, you know, wild card. I'm, you know, cause I picked the Colts to win the division. I'm picking the Titans as a wild card. 
Uh, and then I'm picking the Ravens. Uh, how many wild card is there? Is there three now? Two. Three. Yeah, three. Yeah, three. Yeah, sorry, I had to think about that. Like, yeah, I think about that. yeah, so the Saints and the two from the West can make it in the NFC. Yeah, so what, I, what I'm saying is I'm picking the Ravens, I'm picking the Titans, uh, and then I'm going to pick the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, actually. Um, again, I really like what they're doing this year. Um, I really, I honestly kind of hope it, it turns out to be the Dolphins. Um, but again, there's still some uncertainty there with Tua at quarterback. Uh, so I'm going to pick the Ravens for that third spot, or uh, the Raiders, sorry, for the third spot. But I'm going uh, the Ravens, the Titans, the Raiders. I agree. I, I think that's, um, you know, I said the Chiefs have the easiest schedule. Well, the Raiders have like the second easiest schedule. So um, minus the Chiefs that they have to play again. So I think that they easily get in as a wild card as well. So I'm, I'm with you of those three. Okay. All right. So now the big question, who is going to win the AFC championship game for you? You know, I, I I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Um, I just don't. You know, I think the Steelers are a really scary team, but I think if if it turns into a shootout, I just don't think they quite have the offense to match the Chiefs. Um, and and the Chiefs, I mean, they're the defense. Most people would probably pick the Steelers over the Chiefs' defense, but at the end of the day, the Chiefs are giving up fewer points. Uh, they may be a little more big play prone uh, and not quite as consistent, but at the end of the day, you know, they're giving up fewer points per game than the Steelers are. So. Uh, and they score more points per game. So if it comes down to a shootout, I just don't think the Steelers can keep up with them. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And, and honestly, the Steelers' defense, like looking back earlier into the year, the the Broncos almost beat them when Drew Locke got hurt. Yeah. And that was with Phillip Lindsay just running all over him. The Chiefs, I just don't know. Honestly, there's a lot of defenses that can stop them because we've now established, we talked about this, the, how, have, how have people done it this year? They've dropped people back in coverage. Well, now they got Le'Veon Bell, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. If you do that, they've proven they're just going to run down your throat. So it's yeah. kind of a pick your poison. What are you going to do against this Chiefs team? they got weapons everywhere. You're going to double-team Tyree Kill? you going to double-team uh, Travis Kelsey? Are you going to load the box, try to stop the run, and let, let Mahomes throw it deep? It's, it, there's, it's literally a pick your poison. So um, if you look at it, the Chiefs have scored 20-plus points in like 20-something straight games. They're going to score points. So uh, just like you said, it goes down to who, what offense can really keep up. We know that the Ravens are, you know, zero and three now against the Chiefs, or Lamar Jackson is, I think. So um, I'm not scared of them, and I, I think that the Steelers are going to be there with them. So I'm going to go Chiefs over the Steelers in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, and 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 to add another uh, aspect on top of that, you know, the the big thing the Steelers do is is rush the passer. They blitz really well. They rush the passer. Um, with Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt and those guys, um, if they do that against the Chiefs, you're just going to see a big grin on Patrick Mahomes' face because he just he eats defenses alive that that blitz him and that he's rush the him. absolute best quarterback against the blitz. Yeah. And, and so it, it's almost one of those things we talked about earlier this this season with um, that Washington football team defense and how fast they are and the speed that they have, and then going against Kyler Murray, uh, and he just used the speed against them, and that's what Patrick Mahomes is going to do. Um, with this pass rush. So, I mean, it is, it's definitely a pick your poison. And, and like you said, if they, if they load the box, um, they're just going to throw right over the top. If they drop them back, they're going to run it down their throat. If they blitz them, Patrick Mahomes is going to be ready for it. So um, mm-hmm. I just, I think there's so many different ways they can beat them um, that again, I think it'll be, I don't think it'll be an easy game. I think it'll be a tough game, but I, I do pick the chiefs over the Steelers. Very good. How about the NFC? Who do you got winning the championship there? Ooh. This is a tough one. Um, 
man, this this is a really tough one. Uh, honestly, a lot tougher than the than the AFC. Um, but I'm I, ooh, I'm gonna go with the I'm hmm, I'm gonna go with the Buccaneers over the the Seahawks. Um, and and I say this for for two reasons. Um, mostly two reasons. Um, one, I hope the Buccaneers make it to the to the Super Bowl, so so uh, Mahomes can have his signature win over over uh, Tom Brady, um, because you know he hasn't beaten Tom Brady in a meaningful game yet, um, and I want to see that happen. Um, so there there's a little you know there's a little you know personal stuff there, honestly. Uh, secondly, I say it because it's Tom Brady, um, and as good as Russell Wilson is, as good as Pete Carroll is, um, as good as those guys are. Um, you know, Tom Brady, kind of like Patrick Mahomes, makes you do kind of stupid things every now and then. Um, and we saw that with, you know, in the Super Bowl when they threw it from the one yard line and they had Marshawn Lynch. So, uh, you know, yeah. Tom, Tom Brady, not to the extent of Patrick Mahomes, but like Patrick Mahomes, will make you do stupid things. Um, and, and I think that experience that they have, I think adding uh, Antonio Brown, I think Gronkowski coming into his own um, and finding his rhythm again, I think Fournette getting healthy to pair with Ronald Jones. Uh, that offensive line being much improved and then that defense just being phenomenal, uh, I think is a little too much for Seattle. So I'm going to go Tampa Bay over Seattle. Oh man, I'm going to go Seattle over green Bay. Um, I just think that, I mean, last year green Bay was in the championship game and, and lost a close one to the 49ers Seahawks. I, I think if you let, Russell Wilson do what he's been doing all year. I, I just it's gonna be hard to stop them. They're kind of like the Chiefs, and they've got weapons everywhere. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, um, obviously just Russell Wilson running with his legs. I think the Seahawks win this one, and I just honestly it's personal for me with the Packers too because I just don't want the Bucks to be there. Um, you know I hate it when people when teams basically just it, it like Peyton Manning it they basically build a super team around a veteran just for one year or two years. Like this isn't a sustainable thing. It's just like, let's assemble everyone and just try to go out and win a super bowl. Uh, I'm hoping it fails. That's a personal thing. And I don't like Tom Brady. So uh, that's what I'm going with. Seahawks versus chiefs. Who do you got winning the super bowl? I, I'm, I'm going the chiefs again. Um, I'm not trying to be biased here or anything. I just think they're the best team. Um, again, the offense, uh, the, the Seahawks, um, if, if you put the Seahawks in there, uh, or the Buccaneers, I think they both can do phenomenal things on offense. Um, but at the end of the day, they can't do quite as much as the chiefs, uh, and the chiefs have as good, if not better defenses than, than both of these teams, probably they're better than the Seahawks defense, probably not quite as good as the, the Buccaneers, but they're not far off from the Buccaneers. Um, so I'm, I'm going with the chiefs. Yeah. I'm going to go chiefs too. Um, mainly I think that the chiefs, Pat Mahomes is is honestly getting and it's scary. He's getting better every year, every game, honestly. It's only have one pick right now. Even his MVP season, he had six interceptions at this time in the season. And right now he's got one. 21 touchdowns, one pick. He's on pace for 44 or what is it? 42 touchdowns and two interceptions, which would be maybe the best ever if that holds. Yeah. Um, he doesn't make mistakes, whereas Russell Wilson's on pace for 12 interceptions. Um, and, and the thing about Tom Brady, if the Bucks do make it, this is a completely different Chiefs team since that AFC Championship game that Tom Brady beat Mahomes. The defense actually plays defense. Um, they actually have a solid run game that can play. And Pat Mahomes, honestly, he's better at clock management, You know, making sustainable drives. I think that this Chiefs team is different than the last time Tom Brady really got to see him. So I'm going to go Chiefs over the Seahawks or the Bucks, whichever one gets there. 
I'm going Chiefs. All right. For back-to-back Super Bowls, and that's pretty amazing. <laughs> All right. Any other things you want to shout out here in the awards uh, episode? Uh, again, just kind of remember this is only the mid-season point. So some of these picks, you know, we've talked about. Uh, I have Brian Flores at the moment. I don't necessarily know if that will hold up. Um, James Robinson at the moment as Offensive Rookie of the Year. Russell Wilson at the moment as MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. Um, some of these guys right now that's kind of at the moment, we're, we're going based off of really only the first half of the season. Um, so there's still a lot of time for the, for these things to change. Same thing with our standings. Uh, again, we talked about the Bears being 5-3, and three, but they're not a good 5-3. and three. I, could, I could easily see them being a 7- or 8-win team, honestly. Um, despite the start that they're off to, I could see them tanking at the end. Um, you know, New Orleans hasn't looked great on offense, but they're also about to get Michael uh, Thomas back. Carolina, you know, they're three and five. The offense has struggled, but they're about to get Christian McCaffrey back. Uh, so just kind of remember this is only the mid midway, you know, point of the season. There's still a lot of football to be played. There's still a lot of things that could happen. And if you guys want to check out our week eight recap and week nine preview, check out the next episode. Absolutely. And, and and as always, you know, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, check us out on gridironauthority.com. Give us a like. Give us a comment. Um, this episode in particular, we really want to hear your feedback, what you think of our picks, if you like them, if you love them, if you hate them. Um, let us know what you think, who your picks would be. Um, we want that feedback for sure. All right. We'll see you guys next time.